John chapter number three. First John chapter number three. I just want to read the first three verses. I will, if you're able, to ask you to stand for the reverence of the reading of the word this morning. It may be more teaching today than preaching, but uh, I feel impressed to share what I'm getting ready to share with you. I spent several hours yesterday just alone with the Lord yesterday morning, and this is, this is where, I, where I landed, and this is where I spent much time yesterday. And uh, so we want to give it to you hot off the press this morning, so to speak, and I pray that we will have ears to hear and hearts to receive this morning. This is not a legalistic message. This is not a traditional message. But I pray that we hear the heart of God this morning as we're going to take for a few moments. I want to deal with the subject, the forgotten value of purity and the beauty of holiness. So let us read together. Behold what manner of love the Father hath bestowed upon us, that we should be called the sons of God. Therefore the world knoweth us not, but because it knew him not. Beloved, now are we the sons of God, and it doeth not yet appear what we shall be. But we know that when he shall appear, we shall be like him. For we shall see him as he is in every man that hath this hope in him purified himself even as he is pure. Let us pray. Dear Heavenly Father, this morning, I thank you for your word and I thank you for your people today. And Lord, I pray that for the next few moments that you would strengthen us to speak your word in a manner where they would not hear or see man, but they would hear your heart. And they would experience your spirit. And Father, today I pray that our lives would be examined. And that we would leave this house better than when we arrived. For the furthering of the gospel. And for the advancing of the kingdom. In Jesus' name we pray. And the church says, Amen and Amen. I am going to try my best to deliver to you this morning as we look at the love of a father and we look at that which it really entitles and entails to you and I. I will try to lighten the mood this morning before I get into the heaviness of this message. I read a story this week and it consisted of the following. I'm not sure whether this story is true or not, but nevertheless, I thought it was quite interesting. And there was a few men sitting in a waiting room at a hospital as their wives was in the process of giving birth to their children. And after a short while, we read where the nurse comes out and tells man number one that you are now the father of a beautiful set of twins. And he was somewhat taken back and he said, that's wonderful. But, and he said, it's 
kind of ironic. I play ball for the Minnesota Twins. So a little bit of time went by and the nurse emerges again into the waiting area and says, man number two, that you are now the proud father of a set of triplets. And he was somewhat taken back, but then he said, that's quite interesting because I work for the 3M company. About that time, the third man that was sitting in the waiting area, he slid out of his chair and fell on the floor and they began to administer help to him, saying, are you sick? What's wrong? And in a very weak voice, he said, I work for the 7-Up company. He was scared, <laughs> rightfully so. The story ends there, so I don't know how many she had. But I say that to say this, as fathers and as mothers, there's something special about our children. And as we enter into that stage in our lives, sometimes it's full of fear and uncertainties and anxieties. And then when they arrive, we begin to say at the moment's notice before they've even been washed and cleaned up, especially if grandmas are in the room, they immediately begin to say, oh, he or she looks like this or looks like them or all these types of things, right? Well, you got his nose and her eyes and you got their ears and all these types of things. We automatically begin to talk about the traits that we see in our children of how they resemble their fathers or their mothers or even beyond. And it is safe to say that when we look at our children, we do often see traits of ourselves as well as our families that has been present for generations. And it's amazing how you can pull old photos and see how much your children resemble their grandparents when they was young and children and I think all of us have probably done that in some way, shape, or form in our lives. And this is all the result of the DNA that is possessed within the confines of family. And therefore, some people win in that DNA and others maybe not so much in our opinions. But nevertheless, we are all connected through certain things. And when you, I hear it all the time. Never by my name. It's just you're one of those Russells. You can't deny that. And I know it has nothing to do with the haircut. <laughs> but I say all of that to say this. I had to ask myself the question yesterday. And I feel that I need to ask you all the question as well. Is how much do we really look like our heavenly father? This is not legalism. This is not tradition. But meaning... How much does our life really reflect his nature? Do we really love like he loves? Do we really extend grace like he extends grace? Is mercy still something that is extended? What about compassion? What about passion? What about power and authority? Where is all of those things in our life? However, it does have to do with these instructions in Scripture that we find that I even read to you this morning. 
Because today, let me remind you, those that have accepted and confessed Jesus Christ can rejoice today. And we can rejoice very loudly because we no longer have to look at the God of the universe as something that is untouchable or unreachable. But today, we can simply see him and say, Abba, Father. And we can do that only by and through what they were singing about today, and that is the blood, because it is through the sacrifice of the spotless lamb that we call Jesus Christ our Lord that took away the sins of the world, and he has given us access to our Father in heaven. Paul simply writes in this manner in Romans chapter 8, verse number 14, and the following. He says, For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. For you have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you have received the spirit of adoption, whereby we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit itself beareth witness with our spirit that we are the children of God, and if children, then heirs of God, and joint heirs with Christ, if so be that we suffer with him, that we might be also glorified together. With this being said, we see in the writings of John that we read together this morning in verse number 3, It says, and every man that hath this hope in him purifieth himself even as he is pure. I have to ask us the question, do we really understand the significance of what it is where we have received the spirit of adoption this morning? Debbie shared with me a little video one evening this week. She said, have you saw this? And it was just a little clip of an interview of a young I should say young because it's our age. He was around 50 years old and he had raised his children, his two daughters, him and his wife, but his younger daughter is working at a daycare and she saw these two children that was in foster care and her heart was drawn to them. And she said, Dad, it's, you've got to come and see these kids. And he's like, well, we're not foster parents. We're we're, we're not in the system to do those types of things. But she said, they really need help. They're not in a good environment. And they really need help. And she said, it's so unique. She said, the little boy, he has a hand just like you. And this gentleman, he, his hand is somewhat deformed. And it's only got a couple of little stubs on it. But yet he is a uh, world-renowned bluegrass musician. And it has one multiple. It's never stopped him from doing what he does. But... Impressed as he was getting ready to go do a, a concert, uh, he felt impressed to stop by this preschool and he walked in to see these children that he had never met. And this little boy was sitting with one of his friends and he saw him walked in and he saw his hand. And he looked up and he simply said to him, He said, Are you my daddy? And he said, He hit his friend and he said, Look, that's my daddy. And he ran to him and jumped in his arm. And he said, I'm sitting there with a kid I've never met, but because my hand was made like his hand, he had never received a concept of what his father was. But when he saw him, he said, are you my daddy? I want to ask The question, because it really began to hit me in my spirit, is when the world sees us, what do they 
really, truly see? Do they see our Father? Do they see just a form of religion? Do they just see a form of tradition? Or is it just another activity on the calendar of men's lives? Or is there something that intrigues them where they say there's something about them? The long and the short of that story is that 50-year-old man that already raised his children now is raising two precious children because of the impact of one moment in time. Here's what I'm learning today. We don't have the privilege to spend hours and hours with everybody. But we do have the opportunity to spend a moment. And our moment must be of great impact. And it can't make a great impact unless we're walking in a place where we understand the hope that we really have in Jesus. Because when we truly understand the hope that we have in him, as John writes in 1 John chapter number 3, it says it is them that will purify themselves even as he is pure. Meaning this, every man is to put on the likeness of his father. 2 Corinthians 5, 17 says this, Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things are passed away, and behold, all things are become new. So what does our Father look like this morning? We know this verse simply gives us a small glimpse of him. And this morning I can say that it says very clearly that he is pure. If something is pure, then it is something that possesses purity as well as it possesses beauty. But the definition of purity this morning, let, allow me to give it to you. It is the condition or quality of being pure, freedom from anything that debases, contaminates, or pollutes. When Paul was writing to Timothy at the end of his life, it was important for him to once again remind this young man that he had poured so much into of the following. In 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse number 12, he said, Let no man despise thy youth, but be thou an example of the believers in word, in conversation, in charity, in spirit, in faith, and in purity. Please hear me this morning, mommies and daddies and young men and women alike. We must once again teach a generation the importance of walking upright before God as well as before men. We have a generation today that is desiring things and they're not understanding why they're not possessing those things that they're desiring. But can I tell you, it's very, very clear 
there is only certain things that can be obtained when a man or a woman is walking in a state of purity. I don't care how much you desire to have them. They are off limits unless you are walking upright before God and before men. Can I tell you this morning, uh, it still requires a sanctified life. Uh, It still requires a separated life. Uh, It still requires a man or a woman to walk in holiness. Uh, What does that mean? Uh, I'm not talking about hair and makeup and dress and all of those things. Uh, I'm talking about a man or a woman uh, that has given themselves solely to the purpose of God. Uh, We're no longer uh, we are getting our focus on earthly things but our eyesight has transitioned to heavenly things all of this stuff my friend that we're laboring for is going to fade away and it's going to be burned up with fever and heat but one thing that will always remain is what you do with Jesus Christ can I tell you this morning we must once again come back to the word of God And we must begin to lay it out very plainly and lovingly. Uh, i got to give you this this morning. Uh, Matthew chapter 5, verse number 6. The words are in red in your Bible. Uh, It says, blessed are they uh, which do hunger and thirst after righteousness, uh, for they shall be filled. Uh, You know what that tells me this morning? Uh, Not everybody's going to be filled. Not everybody's going to walk with the abundance. Not everybody's going to experience this thing. But Jesus says, notice he does not say everybody, but he says only those who hunger and thirst after righteousness. What is righteousness? It is purity. There's no way around it. It means this. There is a promise of blessing to the man or the woman that begins to hunger and thirst after the things of God and after becoming the likeness of God himself. Notice James clearly states in chapter number 1, verse number 25 through verse number 27, he says, But whosoever looketh into the perfect law of liberty and continues therein, he been not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work. This man shall be blessed in his deed. If any man among you seem to be religious uh, and bridleth not his tongue uh, but deceives his own heart, uh, this man's religion is vain. Pure religion uh, and undefiled before God and the Father is this, uh, to visit the fatherless uh, and the widows uh, in their affliction uh, and to keep himself uh, unspotted uh, from the world. Uh, We must realize this morning uh, that which has been required of every generation before us uh, is still going to be required from you and I this morning. Uh, This is not legalism, uh, but can I tell you, uh, it is holiness. Uh, Paul writes to the church at Corinth uh, in 1 Corinthians chapter number 3, verse number 16 and the following. Uh, He says, know you not that you are the 
temple of God uh, and the spirit of God dwells in you. Uh, but if any man defiles the temple of God, uh, him shall God destroy. Uh, for the temple of God is holy, uh, which temple you are. So therefore, let no man uh, deceive himself. Uh, if any man among you seems to be wise in this world, uh, let him become a fool, uh, that he may be wise. Uh, for the wisdom of this world is foolishness with God. Uh, for it is written, he taketh the wise in their own craftiness. Uh, but if you read a little further uh, in chapter number 6, verse number 15 and the following, uh, he writes again, know ye not that your bodies are the members of Christ? Uh, shall I then take the members of Christ and make them the members of a harlot? Uh, God forbid. What know ye not that he which has joined to a harlot is one body? For two saith he shall be one flesh. Uh, but he that is joined unto the Lord is one spirit. Uh, therefore flee fornication. Every sin that a man doeth is without the body, but he that committeth fornication sinneth against his own body. What? Know ye not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost which is in you, which you have of God? And you are not your own. But notice this, uh, for you are bought with a price, therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit, uh, which are God's. Uh, notice, we must awaken this morning uh, and we must deal with this antichrist spirit uh, that is destroying men and women uh, while they sit in the sanctuaries across America. Today in our culture, uh, everything is acceptable. Uh, everything is good. Uh, just do it in moderation. Uh, it's not really that big of a deal. Uh, but can I tell you, uh, the word of the Lord is very clear. Come out from among them, be ye separate, saith the Lord, uh, and I will receive you unto myself. Uh, what he's saying is this. Uh, you have to realize uh, you've got to go after this thing. Uh, you've got to purify yourself. Uh, you can do that by the reading of the word. Uh, you do that by spending time in prayer. Uh, but also you do that by having a heart after God. Uh, we find, you say, but is there really uh, such an urgency this morning, Pastor? First uh, John chapter number 2, uh, verse number 13 and the following. Uh, John says, I write unto you fathers uh, because you have known him that is from the beginning uh, and I write unto you young men uh, because you have overcome the wicked one uh, I write unto you little children uh, because you have known the father uh, I have written unto you fathers because you have known him that is from the beginning uh, and I have written unto you young men because you are strong and the word of God abides in you uh, and you have overcome the wicked one uh, but notice he says uh, love not the world uh, neither the things that are in the world. Uh, if any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. Uh, for all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life uh, is not of the Father, uh, but it is of the world. Uh, and the world passes away, and the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life, it shall, it all folds away. Uh, but notice it says, uh, and the world passes away, and the lust thereof, uh, but he that doeth the will of God abideth forever. Uh, Little children, it is the last time. And as you have heard that Antichrist shall come, 
even now there are many antichrists uh, whereby we know that it is the last hour. Uh, that is why Paul writes, uh, as well as Peter and others, uh, and we find this in 1 Peter chapter 1, verse number 13. Uh, it says, Wherefore, gird up the lawns of your mind, be sober, and hope to the end uh, for the grace that is to be brought unto you uh, at the revelation of Jesus Christ. Uh, as obedient children, not fashioning yourself according to the former lust in your ignorance, uh, but as he which has called you is holy, so be ye holy in all manner of conversation. Uh, because it is written, be ye holy, uh, for I am holy. Uh, you say, that sounds kind of harsh this morning, uh, but it's not harsh at all this morning uh, if you understand who you are. Uh, because when you read First Peter chapter 2, verse number 9, uh, he writes these words, uh, you are a chosen generation, uh, a royal priesthood, uh, a holy nation, uh, a peculiar people, that you should show forth the praises of him who hath called you out of darkness uh, into his marvelous light. Uh, please hear this pre this morning. Uh, and please hear the word of the Lord today. Uh, it's not enough for us just to show up and to go through the formalities, uh, but there has to be an awakening within the body of Christ today uh, where we understand uh, that there has to be uh, a putting on uh, of the things of God. Uh, and I find this morning uh, that if we're not careful, we're so distracted, uh, we're so bogged down by everything in our lives uh, that when the world sees us, they often don't see the Father uh, because we're too busy to love anymore. Uh, we're too distracted to extend grace and mercy anymore. Uh, we're too up, uptight uh, to be concerned and moved with compassion and to have passion uh, for the things of God. Uh, but can I tell you this morning, uh, this world and this generation uh, will not find their hope, uh, they will not find their peace, uh, and they will not find their rest in anything that the world is presenting. Uh, and the only way uh, that some Nobody will ever experience the blessing and the favor of God is if they come into contact with him. You and I today is the vehicle that God is choosing to use called the church. He's chose to use that vehicle ever since Acts chapter 1. But can I tell you this morning, we've got to get back to where we realize we got to stand boldly and we got to stand in a place of passion as well as compassion for a generation that's dying lost and without God. Uh, can I tell you today, uh, the forgotten value of purity uh, has got to come back to the sanctuary. Uh, listen, uh, you can settle for that imitation stuff if you want, uh, but it ain't gonna taste like it normally did. Uh, listen, uh, if you ever been around an old guy that raises honeybees uh, and he goes out and he takes that honey uh, out of that hive and they get it in the jar uh, and you got that old mason jar and even when you got that old comb down in it, uh, you can look through that glass uh, and you can find that pure honey. Uh, there's a beauty to it uh, that is not imitated uh, by the big supermarkets of the world uh, because of the simple fact uh, it's not as pure uh, as it was when it came from the hive. Can I tell you, uh, there's a lot of things that's went through the intellects of men. Uh, there's a lot of help uh, things out there and I'm not against that, uh, but can I tell you, uh, we've become so 
intellectual uh, when it comes to the things of God uh, that we've walked away from the moving of the spirit. Uh, we walked away from the fact that there's a peculiar people, a set apart people. Uh, listen, uh, I can stand here and give you three points uh, and tell you you can live a better life. Uh, listen, it may help you to a certain degree, uh, but it's not going to let you walk with power. Uh, it's not going to let you walk with authority. Uh, and it's not going to deliver your children from drugs and alcoholism. Uh, the only thing that will do that uh, is when you begin to walk in a place of purity. Uh, I'm telling you this morning, uh, you can settle for a bound generation if you want to, uh, but you're looking at a pastor, uh, whether I have five years or 50 more years, uh, I got to be on focused on this thing and realize uh, we got to get back to a place of purity uh, because where there's purity, there's power. Uh, and where there's power, there's authority. Uh, and where there's authority, uh, there's a removing of darkness and illuminating of light. Uh, and people begin to see my father. Uh, and listen, uh, it's better if they don't see us at all. Uh, but when they begin to see Jesus Christ uh, and the Father sitting on the, on the throne of heaven, uh, when they see him high and lifted up, uh, they begin to see uh, what the prophet saw. Uh, a train that filled the temple. Uh, victory after victory after victory uh, that's been won uh, for their behalf. Uh, so then the one that says, I can't make it, uh, begins to say, I think I can make it. Uh, the one that says it's over uh, begins to say it's not over. Uh, there's hope. Uh, I got to tell you this morning, uh, we can say, oh, you don't have to do that anymore, preacher, uh, but you'll continue to bury a generation. Uh, but if you'll come back to an old-fashioned altar uh, and say, God, uh, I want less of the world and more of you uh, and begin to transition into his presence, uh, you'll walk with power, uh, you'll walk with authority, uh, and your family uh, will begin to encounter the goodness of God, the power of God, uh, and the anointing of God. Uh, we have to come back this morning. In order to have what you once had, you have to go back to where you once was. Please hear me. You're not going to get it anywhere else. Ephesians 5, verse number 1, it says, Be ye therefore followers of God as dear children. Notice this. Walk in love as Christ also hath loved us and hath given himself for us an offering and a sacrifice to God for a sweet-smelling Savior. I have to ask this question today. How much of yourself did you offer this week for the cause of Christ? How much did you offer of yourself for the saving of your family, the touching of a generation? Notice. Ephesians 5 is such a powerful passage of scripture, but if you jump down to verse number 14, it says, Wherefore he saith, Awake thou that sleepeth, and arise from the dead, and Christ shall give thee light. See then that you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time, because the days are evil. Wherefore be not unwise, but understanding what the will of the Lord is. Don't be drunk with wine but be filled with the Spirit. Speaking to yourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord. 
giving thanks always for all things unto God and the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Submitting yourselves one to another in the fear of God. Please hear this preacher this morning. His desire is the following. You find it in Ephesians 5, 27. That he won't desires to present to himself a glorious church. It's not having a spot. It's not having a wrinkle or any such thing. But that it should be holy and without blemish. You could say it this way. He desires to present to himself a people of purity. That's why we must never forget 1 Thessalonians chapter number 4, verse number 7. Please hear me. For God hath not called us unto uncleanliness, but unto holiness. This morning, I understand you're not going to shout me down today. And that's okay. But we need to hear the word of the Lord this morning that there is a beauty that is lacking from the American church. I'm not talking about tradition. I'm not talking about the sound being different and all of those things. Listen. Every generation has had its look and every generation's had its sound. And we all have personal preferences. None of those things really matter. But what does matter is the word of the Lord when it comes to you and I, where it simply says, you have to understand the value and the type of love that he extended to you and I is not just any love, but it's an agape love. It is an unfathomable love. He loved us so much that he adopted us and made us sons and daughters. And it does not yet appear what we will be. But for every man that has that hope, every man that really has encountered that is a man that automatically it becomes natural. And I know this gets really touchy. And I want to say this as sensitive as I can. If there is a really, really struggle for you to walk after purity and righteousness, then maybe you're not as secure as you think you are this morning. I'm not going to question whether you're saved or not saved. That's not my responsibility. All I can do is present the gospel. But I know this, there's a lot of antichrist things out there that has an image of him and tries to sound like him, but it's not him. And one of the most dangerous things that's happened in the United States of America in the last 40 years is not happened from bad decisions of political leaders. The most Dangerous and the most damaging thing that has happened in the United States of America has happened in buildings with steeples on them. And has happened when church groups 
have walked out of those buildings and tried to do evangelism in a manner that was not biblical. And we have taught for 40 years in America. Repeat after me, and you're good. Now, I believe in a sinner's prayer. Some of my most favorite memories in ministry is holding the hands of men and women that doesn't know anything about God and helping lead them to the Lord. it's, It's the pinnacle for me. When I see them really get it, and I see the brokenness, and I see the new man come alive in them. But we have taught a generation that there has to be no separation. There has to be no sanctification. And now we have people in their 50s and their 60s that says, well, I was at church and when I was eight years old, I prayed and I got baptized. I'm good. But the Bible's very clear that if a man really comes to know God, He will and she will begin to walk after purity. Say, how can you say that, Pastor? Because if you continue to read in 1 John chapter number 3, notice with me it says, And every man that hath this hope in him purifieth himself even as he is pure. And ye know that in verse number 5 and the following, And ye know that he was manifested to take away our sins, and in him is no sin. And whosoever abideth in him sinneth not. And whosoever sinneth hath not seen him, neither know him. Little children, let no man deceive you. He that doeth righteousness is righteous, even as he is righteous. I can tell you this from experience in just the natural realm. As I am... Fastly approaching the age of 50. I don't know how that happens, but it does. And my father is approaching 96. At that age, I still desire to please him because I've seen him. It is a natural thing once you have made contact with your father. To try to please him. Now sometimes in the natural that can be detrimental. Because of the simple fact. That the father isn't leading in the manner that he should. Let me speak to the fathers in this room just for a moment. Statistics shows us that. If a man decides to get up and go to church 96% of the time. The rest of the family goes with him. That's how big of an impact you have. While ladies, nothing against you at all this morning, but statistics show that if the lady is the one that gets up and goes to the house of the Lord, it's about 38% of the people in the family go. Hear me. Something about when a child sees a father. And there's something about when a man or a woman that is lost and undone, when they really have an encounter with Jesus and they see God, this struggle 
You say, I have to be perfect, preacher? No, I'd encourage you to read chapter number two of 1 John. Because it simply says, my little children, these things write, I say unto you, that you sin not. But if any man does sin, we have an advocate with the Father. Meaning this, he's full of grace and mercy. He's full of compassion. He knows in all points, have we been tempted? He's been tempted. He knows what it is to feel the overwhelmingness of life. But folks, please hear me. Taking a generation to the house of God is not enough. But taking a generation to a place where they experience the power of purity, it will sustain them and keep them where they too will radically become followers of Jesus. So I ask again, do we understand the value of being pure? Paul writes these words. He says, I can do this and I can do that and I can prophesy. I can speak with other tongues. I can do all of these things, but I'm nothing more than a sounding brass and tinkling cymbal unless I have charity. When you love somebody, you go to the ends of the earth for them. No greater love than this that a man lay down his life for his friend. Jesus laid down his life. As he laid down his life, you and I have now got access to the throne room of heaven where we can see our heavenly father and when we see him, it begins to burn inside of us that we want to be righteous like him. When you get a glimpse of him and his power and his authority, you get a glimpse of his love and his compassion. It's like, i got to be like him. Where is that today? Is it possible? Is it possible that we have been led astray by an antichrist spirit that says all is well when maybe it isn't all as well because all of our desires is still after the things of the world. All of our passions is still about the things of the world. Listen, it has to change. I'm trying to speak into your life this morning trying to speak to you from a father's perspective. I would say a grandfather's perspective, but I ain't quite ready to say that yet. Don't like being that old, but man, I sure did like holding him this morning after not seeing him for two weeks. Hear me. As they come to the music this morning, we have got to remember the value I I found myself in the last several days on such an emotional roller coaster in so many manners and ways. I saw the goodness of God, the amazing hand of God, and then I've saw the struggles of just real life. In the midst of all the junk that's going on, in the midst of weakness in our body, this, that, me and Alvin loaded up and went to North Carolina and turned around, came right back Monday night. 
goodness of God was able to take probably $50,000 of medical equipment and put on a container hitting the water this week for Belize I thought that's wonderful that's awesome seeing the things of God knowing a lot of things is happening because of your giving because of your love because of all of those things but then have to come back and hit this dip and do this and go through all of this and it's like God it's hard to process all of this but when you're sitting in a place of purity I There's always a peace that comes. There's always a rest that comes. You say, why is it so important to possess this purity that you're talking about? At the risk of maybe being too transparent with you this morning, I... Taking care of my father with the rest of the family and I was positioning him in his room and getting him ready and he said son I have peace in my heart with Jesus but I don't have any peace in my body and this is what he did I have no peace in my body I have peace in my heart with Jesus I don't have no peace in my body right now I need some peace A lot of you have had to sit by the bedsides of your family and I've done it multiple times and it's never easy. But this is my daddy. This is my hero. This is the one that's always been strong. And my brother, one of my brothers walked in the room with me and he's helping me and he's really struggled with some things. And I said, Dad, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to pray with you. And I'm going to pray that you don't have just peace in your heart with Jesus, but there's going to be peace come to your body today. And I said, he's going to pray with us. And we joined hands. And I said, God, under my breath, I was like, Lord, you're going to have to move on this one. Because I knew that I was battling spiritually in more ways than one. And I said, God, you got to show yourself. And here's the value of walking in a place of purity, not a place of perfection because I am far from that. But in that moment, I did not pray an elegant prayer using elegant words, but I prayed my heart I simply said, God, your word says. And I said, God, I'm not coming to you arrogantly today, but I'm coming to you today. And I'm giving your word back to you. And your word says it has to be this way. So, God, you have to do it. I said, because, God, you're all I got. God, you're all I'm trusting in. And I said, Lord... You need to do this for a testimony for his family that they know that you are who you say you are. And before I could finish praying, my father that hadn't slept for nearly two days closed his eyes and went to sleep and slept. And I witnessed my brother 
began to weep and cry. Walk out of a bedroom before I could get into the rest of the house and was out there telling them before Ronnie could get done praying, God put him to sleep. I'm telling you, there's beauty in holiness. There's power in purity this morning. It's not about how pretty we sing. It's not how elegantly we speak. It's not about how much numbers we achieve or or how much of this we do or how much of that we do. But what matters is, does the world see him when they see me and when they see him? The world will tell you, and unfortunately even the church world will tell you, Pastor Ron Russell blew it today. He'll never grow a church preaching messages like this. He'll never touch his community doing like this. You got you you used way too many Bible verses. You you spoke way too long. You you was totally out of character. Listen, can I tell you? You can take all of that and put it in the trash because I have no time for it. All I have this morning is to tell you that Jesus Christ is still the answer. And he is still the only place that you're going to find your rest and your peace and your comfort. And there's a world that doesn't need us trying to, they need to see the church in a peculiar manner. I'm not against changing methods and ideals. But when they see the house of God and the people of God behaving and acting and doing just what the world does, we have nothing to offer. But when we emerge from the ashes of life and when we step out of the fiery furnaces of life and there's no smell of snitch upon our clothes because the fourth man is still in there, they say there's something about them. And it's simply just saying this, I'm following after him and he is my source. Today, The world will tell you it's crazy, but I'm here to tell you there's beauty in holiness and there's power in purity. And we shouldn't run away from it, but we should run to it because that's what's going to turn the world upside down once again. Does it really make a difference, preacher? Can I tell you, that's what makes ways in the wilderness when there seems to be no ways. That's what makes springs begin to spring forth in the desert when there is no water present. See, when you begin to just radically pursue the things of God, there's things that begins to happen unexpectedly in your life and healing begins to flow and provision begins to come I have to testify and then I'll close this morning. Last night I sat down after I got back in, sit down on my couch, my phone begins to go off and somebody said, you got a moment? Yes, I have a moment. Then I start getting all these pictures. There's a picture of a warehouse full of medical supplies, a million dollars worth of medical supplies. And they said, there's a guy who wants to give this to us. We just got to figure out how to get it. And he said, the thing is, is 
he's even willing to pay to ship it. We just got to figure out how to create a manifest for all of it because he don't have time. Can I tell you today, God goes before us. A year and a half ago, we had no desire, no focus on beliefs whatsoever. But now a nation's been turned upside down because of a few people with a pure heart began to obey the God. And now we're seeing a nation begin to be turned upside down. Not just with the message of Christ, but with the hands and feet of Christ that's going to be going in and out of there. So tomorrow there's a meeting to navigate through all of this. Brother Derek scratching his head. Pastor Ron, I don't know what's going on. I think I know what's going on. There's a few men and a few women that's been pursuing purity in their relationship with God. And they've begun to love like he loves and they begin to have been moved with compassion like he's moved with compassion and the grace and mercy is there and now we're beginning to see things happen but there's so much darkness preacher what about what's getting ready to happen in Ukraine and all of this yeah in the midst of all the darkness did you know Fox News CNN MSNBC nobody talked about it but do you know what the what the leader of the Ukraine did this week he walked out and made a public proclamation. First time ever. The gospel of Jesus Christ can be freely preached all throughout Ukraine. Amen. What's happening, preacher? I tell you what's happening. I know you didn't shut me down this morning, but I can tell you that the old timers would say that those, those little Holy Ghost goosebumps, I have them all over my arms right now. Is this what's happening is I'm seeing that there's some men and women. And I believe many of those men and women are in this room under the sound of my voice. So I'm not preaching to you saying you're doing wrong and doing, no, I'm telling you that your reward is on the horizon. Because your heart is becoming pure before God. And I'm, I'm here to tell you that this generation of church isn't going to look like it used to. And isn't going to sound like it used to. Listen, as much as I like a D28 Martin guitar, as much as I like a Hummingbird, Gibson, uh, we're not going back there in the church world. Now, we'll do that occasionally, but that's not where we're going. Because that's a different time, a different era. So it's not always going to look like it always did, but I'm telling you there's a returning and a reemerging of this thing called the Holy Ghost of God that's coming back to the house of God where men and women has begun to passionately pursue Him in their time of prayer in the Word. And I know it may look like nothing's been happening, but I come to tell you this morning that there's a beauty that's coming back to the people of God and it's going to become attractive. So I want to encourage you 
to pursue after purity. Whatever that looks like for you. I'm not telling you you have to look like me, talk like me, dress like me. No, no, no. Don't do that, please. You don't want to be me. God wants you to be you because you are fearfully and wonderfully made. And you are uniquely created for a time and a purpose and He has gifted you to be you. So if He's gifted you to wear pink hair, wear it pure. If He's... Listen, I don't have time to get hung up on all that stuff. But I'm here to tell you, when you begin to get your heart after Him... He'll begin to realign the things that's out of alignment in your life. And you're going to be what he's called you to be. And he'll touch people I can't touch. And I'll lift up your hands and say, run. But don't be afraid to be who God's called you to be. And if you saw him, you know there's a desire to be like him. And there is a struggle. That's why Paul said in Romans 12, do not be conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. Let's make a commitment to have a renewed mind every day. And let's go after Jesus. Hey everybody, it's Pastor Jay here. I just want to thank you for watching. I hope that this message challenged and changed your life with the power of the Holy Ghost. We ask that you continue following us and watching us weekly and if you want to follow us on any social media platform you'll find the link to all those platforms in the description below we love you so does god have a great day